You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Cheers, Questers. How's it going? This is Justin, as the man, uh, the friendly man introduced, and uh, here with my partner in crime, Brian. Hey, Justin. Howdy. Well, uh, this is a special episode here. Uh, I think Brian and I are very excited to uh, talk about beer today. Um, we, uh, we brought some samples as well that we'll get into throughout the, the podcast. And uh, yeah, as, as we typically do, we are a once-a-week podcast, and um, we uh, talk a different topic every single week. And um, Obviously, this week is beer, but we'll jump into some history, some stats, and uh, spend a little bit of time debating and, and really testing and pulling our friendship apart, hopefully, or, yeah. or keeping it together. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if you uh, you select the right beer of choice. <laughs> well, yeah. This, oh, I didn't realize it was a test. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a friendship test. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's so right. it's, it's always good... whether you select the right, right <laughs> beer of choice. Um, well, uh you know, so since last time, uh, you know, we actually were recording this episode a little bit early, and uh, we are prepping for some vacations. So, Brian, where where are you off to? Yeah, I'm going to go to the wonderful island of Kauai. Ooh, yeah, first nice. time going to Kauai. I've been to all the other major Hawaiian islands, and, yep. and I need to check out Kauai before I settle in and, and decide that I'm only going ever to the big island. Yeah. I love the Big Island. Yeah, I, I I think two or three years I've gone there every year, and so then I was like, this year uh, I gotta I gotta go to Kauai, figure that out, mm-hmm. and otherwise I might just venture to the Big Island and Kona and Hilo, and you know, for the rest of my life that might be my vacation spot when I go to Hawaii. You never know. I've uh, I've been to to Hawaii in general once. Uh, it was Maui, and I I loved it, but I haven't experienced all the other islands. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that, they're amazing culture in Hawaii, and uh, we uh, well Kona beer. Oh, is you know from Kona, so yeah. I've actually been to the plant and yeah. done their brewery tour. Yeah, so learned a lot about how they uh, brew their beer and, and what makes them special. So oh, cool. Yeah, we uh, we will not be tasting Kona beer, but. Um, we do have it in display in, in, at my house yeah. where we're recording. Yeah, today. we just—it didn't make the cut. It didn't. It didn't. We had to be very picky with it. Yeah, uh, we only have an hour. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, if, if this was, you know, <laughs> it, it multiple... might be a really fun couple yeah. hours where you're listening to us yeah. just slowly get drunker. Yeah, where where are you headed, Justin? Uh, so I am off to Costa Rica. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, a friend of ours from out here is getting married, uh, or two friends of ours are getting married. And uh, we're going with some other friends out here, and uh, just, you know, it should be a blast. I've never been, um, and uh, I hear a lot of great things. I'm yeah. really excited for, we have some adventures planned, but I'm really excited, as, as my wife is, too, to uh, um, see some sloths. I think that'll be pretty fun. <laughs> um, though, I... Uh, the referees from the Puppy Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and there's there's monkeys there too, but uh, we went to I think I mentioned in a previous podcast we went to Bali last year and um, the monkeys there were terrifying. Um, <laughs> some were friendly, but some were just terrifying. So I don't think my wife is really looking forward to that. But uh, but I, you know there's a healthy fear from those guys. <laughs> are, are you going to the coast or are you? Um, what city are you going to? We are going to San Jose and then. Um, Manuel Antonio. Wow, I'm surprised I remembered that. <laughs> I'm usually terrible at that stuff, but yeah. So we'll be there for about a week, um, and uh, there's some fun wedding festivities, and um, we might go, um, we might go off roading and do some some stuff like that. Drink some Costa Rican beer. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what they got to offer. Yeah. Well, why don't why don't we? Since this is such a, a uh, broad topic and something that. Uh, I think we could talk about for more than an hour. Why don't, why don't we jump right into the news? You're a newsman. I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, for my news topic, um, 
you know, this, the Super Bowl is always a big, um, you know, beer selling time for, for the major, um, you know, beer distributors here in the United States. Um, and I found on, on GeekWire an interesting story that actually uh, tied the one of the Super Bowl ads back to a Seattle company. So if you might remember the uh, Budweiser um, Super Bowl ad with, with the Dalmatian on top of the uh, carriage being pulled by the yeah. Clydesdales, yeah. and it, it's a single shot, and it pulls out and just keeps getting wider and wider and wider sure. and wider. And you see um, the wind turbines, yeah, um, in the background, and they talk about how um, you know they're they're going with the green energy and a hundred percent brewing with a hundred percent renewable energy. Well, there's actually a, a Seattle company that's tied to that ad, which I didn't even know hmm. um, was the case. Um, and and based off of this. Um, uh, article i'm really not sure exactly how they were tied to that specific ad anyways yeah but uh that being said so the company's called drift um it's a four-year-old software startup company that offers a peer-to-peer um marketplace that allows residential and business and commercial customers to buy power directly from local uh, solar wind hydroelectric and other renewable energy providers huh so if I understand this correctly, uh, and jump in here if I'm off, but uh, a company like Amheiser Bush who owns you know Bud Light or Budweiser, they are now able to say that they have renewable energy and all that other stuff, but they're really just buying from a company, from a company. that does it. Yes, correct. Interesting. Yeah. Um, though most of America may not realize that, I'm sure they don't. Yeah, and and you know one of the interesting things I saw about drift is that they use machine learning and artificial intelligence to predict how much energy a customer will need. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, can kind of distribute that and, and, uh, accordingly and and eliminate waste of use of energy and all that kind of stuff. So, um, pretty, pretty interesting topic and, and, you know, a way that, uh, a large corporation kind of tied back to Seattle. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Well, I uh, found myself looking at the news here, too, and there's a recent study um, that was done um, by the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Um, And uh, I am sure you've heard it before, but the uh, the quote of beer before liquor, never been sicker and uh, liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Uh, I remember when I was in college, that being some certainly when I just I started drinking, that was something I was like, oh man, that's you, you got to stay true to that. Um, so you do the best you can. Um, so anyway, this this study that they um, put on was to figure out if that actually is true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure where that that uh, started. It probably was somebody that did that and made it up, and then you know it, it caught on on fire, but. Um, so anyway, they did this study and they had, um, they had a group of people come in and they, um, I forget how many total people, almost, I think a hundred different people come in and they, um, they drank, you know, as, as the thing said, they did uh, beer before liquor and then, uh, they measured the hangovers mm-hmm. afterwards and then, uh, they waited like a week or two and then did the same thing, but in opposite order. Yeah. Um, and the hangover severity was judged by um, AHS, so it's acute hangover scale, which I also think is very interesting that they have something that measures <laughs> that, but it's a thing. Um, uh, and they rated uh, on a scale in the, in the next day after drinking. So uh, according to the study, uh, changing the order of the drinks made little to no difference to the pain or discomfort of those in, in the medical trial and sticking to one or the other drink offered little AHS change either. So really just debunking that thing in general hmm. is if you prefer two different types of liquor in, or two different types of alcohol in your night, it really doesn't matter what order you drink them in. Um, so, you know, enjoy, <laughs> I guess. Uh, drink responsibly. And maybe this, is, didn't, this study didn't go in, into it, but what if you stick to one they did not study that in particular. Uh, they were just trying to debunk the one over yeah, the other. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that 
they're just, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like they're different. Yeah. Uh, very I different. Yeah. Um, and affect different parts of your body. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they did not study that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, before we drop a little of knowledge, I feel like we need to, to crack one of these open. Yeah. Maybe two. So, um, just so our listeners at home know, we have a total of seven different types of beer. We have a Bud Light and a Budweiser, so we can compare those two, because I'm very interested to see if, if we can tell the difference. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, so so we'll start with the, the Bud Light and the Budweiser um, and, and compare those. We, we've also got some Elysian Space Dust IPA, a Inkasi Brewing Total Domination IPA, Inkasi Brewing Tricera Hops Double IPA, also known as an Imperial IPA. We've got a Ridge Top Red Ale from Silver City Brewing and a No Lie Wrecking Ball Imperial Stout. Oh, I just looked at the alcohol content of that yeah. one. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. Well, um, so so Justin pouring out the Bud Light and the Budweiser. Um, and Surprisingly, they don't look that different. Maybe I'm not. Shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't know if you should be surprised at that. They're both water. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so both both uh, are loggers, right? I'm putting these in order for you, Brian. Oh crap! I already mixed mine up. This one and then this one. Okay. Go ahead. Um, right? They're both loggers. Yeah. Yes. Both yeah. loggers. Uh, both by Anheuser Busch, and. Uh, I really don't know a whole lot of the difference other than is it just less calories? Yeah, I think it's uh, less calories, and I believe so. The the Bud Light has four point two percent alcohol, um, and the let me see here five um, percent for the Budweiser. Oh, so actually, not not too too different. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about you. We, we can kind of get into this as we go, and, and as Brian, you know, tells us a, uh, a web of a story here. But um, we uh, so Bud Light for me is something that I barely ever touch, uh, Bud or Budweiser. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm really interested to see kind of how they compare across each other, and then once we get into the good beer, yeah, uh, we'll we'll have some opinions on that. As All well. right, well let's. Um... So, this first one's Bud Light, right? Yeah. We shouldn't have timed it so that we both took a drink at the same time because that was bad for podcasting. Oh, but sorry. Um, obviously, you know Bud Bud Light and Bud Budweiser both very clear lagers. Um, I, 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 I mean, it's it's it is what it is. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to admit something here that wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like I've been judgmental of, of Bud Light uh, and Budweiser for a while, but it could also be that, by the way, uh, I am on Whole30 right now, so <laughs> oh, I, haven't, I haven't had oh. like sugars or, or wheat or so anything. We're so we're killing your Whole30 for this just, podcast? I'm making the exception. Oh. For a lot. Making the exception. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't say no to this. So, um, well, but, we could have held off on... No, no. That's okay. That's okay. But, but yeah, so I've been a little judgmental of it, um, but I, I'm finding that it's actually not too bad. It's not my favorite beer, but I also think that a lot of the Bud Lights that I've had in the past have been uh, maybe old and stale. So yeah, that it's very possible. Yeah. Well, and I also I would be interested to know. So we, just so our listeners know, we we are um, drinking these out of little tasting glasses. So I always wonder, like, does that impact your taste, and um, whether you are drinking it out of a can, bottle. Or drinking out of glass. Yeah. Wh- which um, which one do you like better? Um, I think I would go with um, you know out of the can or sorry not out of the can. Out of oh, the glass. sorry, I, I was I was talking. Um, oh, which between which, the two? Of yeah, these? but oh. but 
Yes, I would always yeah. say out of the yeah, that, that out was, of the, out of the glass. Um, yeah, I think uh, I th- let me. I'll taste them again, but I think I actually lean a little bit more towards the Bud Light. And again, that could be because I've gone you know almost ten days now without any um, without any alcohol or or any sweets or anything. So it could be messing with my taste buds here, yeah. but. Um, but I don't mind uh, the Bud Light. The Budweiser isn't much different, though. Yeah, I can I, t- I can taste a little bit of a difference, but but not too much. I actually I think I prefer the Budweiser um, between the two. It's just a little uh, little heavier. Yeah, which yeah. is what I'm used to. So. Yeah, I um an, another comment I have is I think we're gonna have to reduce the pour size that you give us. <laughs> I uh, thought about that too. I was like. <laughs> Well, we might actually just need to drink. <laughs> uh, the the next couple will will pour a little less. Yeah, we're gonna. It's, have to it's pour a little practically less. water yeah. anyway, so yeah. we're we're good. Well, four five percent is actually that's pretty decent. Yeah, that's fair. I also feel like I'm I'm so biased and judgmental towards these brands that uh, I typically don't give any love to them, which I I call them water, but really they're not even that far off. I would have guessed that they were like three percent. So would I, yeah. I the the alcohol by volume. I was a little surprised that that Budweiser was at five. So uh, as we we move on, um, let's uh, drop a little knowledge. As we normally do, uh, I'm kind of the history guy, and Justin's kind of the stats guy. Um, so I, I think it it's difficult to parse down the history of beer mm-hmm. um just like it has been with a lot of our other topics but like beer has so many offshoots and so many yeah. different uh variations based off of where the the um you know people are from and all that kind of stuff um but it, it's really one of the oldest drinks that humans have produced um you you go back to like the fifth millennium bc um and really Beer began um, when uh, the development of cereal came along, mm-hmm. which I found. Wait, what? So, so here's I the like thing. nod in my head, like yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Here's the thing. So we we always say cereal, but that's only breakfast cereal. So so cereal is actually uh, the domestication. Uh, so uh, domestication of the edible components of grain. So that happened about 12,000 years ago. And so really, uh, cereal encompasses a lot more than, than just your traditional breakfast cereal that you have now. Yeah. Mind blown, right? Yeah. Well, it like, is. And also, <laughs> sorry, I have to say it's because it made me laugh in my head, um, is the uh, when, and I, I, I tend to think this way with some of these history things that you bring up, Brian, but like when Funland first did this yeah. without realizing oh, yeah. they're in the they're in the craft brewing br- business and doing their own brews, um, which yeah. is pretty pretty cool. But now, like you know, it's changing. We'll get to that. But um, well, you think about it though; it's it's basically yeast and um, you know malt of some t- or hops really, and malt and then water yeah. and and right. you're fermenting it, and yeah. so you're kind of stumbling upon it. But mm-hmm. how somebody figured out that it was right. drinkable. Who yeah, knows? let's just let's just try this thing. Oh wow, it probably tastes weird, but let's yeah. just drink it. Yeah. So uh, we we fast forward to about uh, four thousand years ago in into Mesopotamia, and there this is kind of the first uh, real recording um, that that we have, um, and it was actually a poem about the the goddess of brewing in Kasi. Hmm. Which I, there's a goddess of brewing. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> in Kasi Brewing. That's so. Great. So like that's. I mean, uh, I just automatically have learned two things: that <laughs> cereal and there was a goddess of brewing, and if it if the name was in Kasi, yeah. So that's pretty great. If that's all you take away from this episode, then then great. Yeah. Um, but. Beer was was vital to all grain growing civilizations, and it's interesting because the timelines between beer and milk are very similar because of that domestication of an agricultural, sure. you know, timeline that mm-hmm. that 
milk was developed on, beer was almost on the same timeline. Yeah. So I, I just find it found it interesting how much there's this overlap between the milk and and beer. Yeah. Even though you have two completely different and, drinks. And honestly, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the milk kind of history, but just if you go back and and you know, I don't want to jump in on your history here, but if you go back, especially to those, um, you know, the early 1900s, these are staple drinks. Mm-hmm. I mean, milk, beer, and yeah. and maybe wine to a degree. Well, um, and and beer was was given to the the um, workers on, um, who were building the pyramids because oh, really? it was to, thought to give them nutritional value as well as give them hydration. Yeah. So and they complain a little less, maybe <laughs> when they're looser. Yeah. Um, another uh, interesting thing that uh, that we saw uh, in in the, the evolution of beers is the beer was um, beer was the reason why straws were invented. Really? Yes. What? Yes. That's so backwards. Yep. Okay. Um, so what what straws were used for was because back in the day, um, sediments or, or you know some of the the extracts and things like that because they weren't the best at filtering everything out mm-hmm. would sometimes settle at the bottom, and so they needed the straws to prevent things from you know you just getting to the bottom of of your beer sure. and taking all of this sediment um, and ingesting it in yeah. your body. So, um, yeah, I, I thought, thought that was that was interesting yeah. that, that uh, you know, something that we never use now mm-hmm. uh, with drinking beer mm-hmm. was the reason for an invention of that straw. That's so wild. Yeah. You, I mean, you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find one person drinking a beer with a uh, straw these days. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward to the late Middle Ages, and, and the industry turned from small scale to large scale. Um, and this is kind of when the introduction of hops um, occurred. Uh, they improved the brewing process and the quality of beer, um, and this really began in in Germany. Uh, it's interesting um, that uh, Germ- German beer. Uh, in around that time that it was about the 16th century uh a german law was enacted that basically made it was a beer uh purity law which required that the only things that could be made or put into beers were hops water and barley um and that was an attempt to prevent cheap cheap uh, fillers which again, you go back to the milk, and you had that swill milk, um, cheap fillers, and and plaster of Paris, and all that stuff that was added in. Sure. The Germans actually had a law preventing that exact same you know type of thing trying to happen to their German beers. And uh, I don't know if you were going to touch on this, but and and we might have to come back to this point. But to my knowledge, there are still purity laws in place for European beers, especially in, in Germany. Yeah, and, and so that's that's actually why a lot of theirs are so simplistic, mm-hmm. and and they stick to pretty much lagers or or the lighter beers because that's really all that they they have. Yeah, um, and, and um, I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, where some of those laws exactly still exists but i know that it it did hinder a lot of the sure. kind of craft brewing that yeah. you see in the united states yeah. you don't really see that in in europe yeah um you know one of the interesting things that um happened around this time and, and like we talked about all throughout the world varies where you're from and and you know what you had access to and so what type of beers you're actually creating but you had um, in the the 15th and 16th century, um, so you had hops uh, that were added. Well, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, hops are not added to ales. Okay. Right. But you have you have two different types of beers. Really, you have uh, lagers and ales, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just such a fascinating process. The the difference between ales like your traditional you know london or united kingdom ale Mm -hmm. and what we have here because 
the fermentation process is completely different and right. um, the delivery process is com- completely different. Um, and, you know, you saw that kind of delineation happen in about the 15th or 16th century. Cool. Um, Louis Pasteur, he comes back up. Oh, again. Yeah. He's back. Yeah. Um, his role was really, uh, he figured out how uh, yeast was a catalyst for fermentation. Mm. Um, so obviously helped with, you know, the beer uh, process there. Uh, then we fast forward until the 1970s and the industrial revolutions. Um, and thanks to the steam engine thermometer and the hydrometer, um, they really helped um, produce multiple hop beers as opposed to just saying, or, so, sorry, the hydrometer uh, helped produce multiple hop beers so that you don't, or malt beers, excuse okay. me, stronger than I. Uh, the hydrometer helped produce multiple malt beers. So you got different flavors yeah. and <laughs> third time's a try. That's it's, it's already, I mean, we're, we're already wasted two, after yeah, this. <laughs> two tests in. This could get real interesting. Delusional thinking could be crazy. Uh, um, and then, you know, again, so much information here, but, yeah, but um, I'll, I'll kind of, briefly go over the u.s history here be- behind beers um and the first bu- uh permanent building when the pilgrims first came over here was actually a brewery um and so you know really throughout um the american history as colonization wise um you know it's been here since the beginning yeah obviously native americans also had their own you know styles of mm-hmm. beer and, and everything um, but I think one of the, the different impacts that happened was, you know, prohibition in the 1920s. And so you had prior to that, you had a lot of breweries and, and then, at, uh, prohibition happens and really all those breweries have to sh- shut down and, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of starting from scratch once prohibition, you know, closed down. Sure. Um, and, and so that's why we didn't really have a whole lot of craft brewing, mm-hmm. um, until recently. And, um, it was actually the new Albion brewery in Sonoma, California, which is kind of credited with being the start of the craft brewing mm-hmm. industry as we know it in the United States. Um, and this was in, or, or craft brewing or home brewing really. Um, and this was in 1976. Oh, wow. Ironically, okay. it closed down about six years after that. Wow. Um, so it didn't last very there long. There wasn't a market for it yet. Yeah. But it was kind of at least uh, started to give people the thought of, okay, we don't have to drink the big, you know, yeah. brewery, um, brewing companies, beers. Right. Let's try to, you know, uh, make some, some craft brewings in, in here. Um, so if you look at some of the numbers, um, in 1980, there were uh, eight total craft breweries or acknowledged craft breweries. In 1994, there was 537. And then in 2018, there's over 6,000. Right. Hopefully those numbers match up they with do. something that you have. They do. Okay. You're good. <laughs> um, and then you you even look at uh, you know home brewing in itself and... Uh, it wasn't until 2013 that uh, home brewing was legalized in all 50 states. What year was that? 2013. Wow. Yeah. That's so. Wow. Mississippi and Alabama were the last two to allow for home brewing legally. Well, they were doing their own moonshine there. They didn't. Need yeah, beer. probably. Interesting. Not bad. Yeah. So lots of lots of yeah, history. Th- there's there's just so much, um, and I wanted to jump in a couple of times there, but I'm just like I'm just gonna let them go because we could go on a whole tangent. Yeah. I, I even especially prohibition, I I find that time period very interesting, and uh, with all the speakeasies and and then you have guys like Al Capone that are running. I mean, I feel like we could do our own prohibition podcast. We, we might, yeah, maybe we will. Why not? Yeah, before these this hundred is up, maybe maybe we come back yeah. around and do prohibition. Yeah, why not? Um, well, as, as Brian mentioned before, uh, I'm usually the, the stats guy of the group. So 
um, you know, this a lot of this stuff kind of aligns with, with what Brian was saying here, but um, I'll kind of breeze through these. So overall U.S. Uh, beer volume sales were down um, 1% in, in 2017, so they haven't released 2018 numbers yet. Um, but craft brewer sales continue to grow at a rate of 5% by volume. So uh, it's about 12.7% of the U.S. beer market uh, by volume is, is craft breweries. And uh, you mentioned, you know, that, that 6,000. So it's 6,266 um, that were as of 2017. Um, that number was uh, about a third of the size just in 2013. So that is huge. I mean, it, it is becoming popular. And I think, yeah. um, you know, I would say, um, you know, we are in a great time period, um, you know, our, with where we are in, in our, our lives and, and age and whatever, um, we're living a heyday of, of, of craft breweries. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so, or I wouldn't say opinionated, but why I typically stay away from Bud Light and Budweiser. Um, not necessarily even because of flavor or anything. It's just that there's so many options out there that, um, you know, I can go into a store and get a new craft brew yep. every single time I walk in. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because even you look at, uh, you know, when I went to school in 2005, six, uh, mm-hmm. in Portland, and I remember all my, you know, par- or not my parents, but my, my family saying, Oh man, you're going to Portland. That is like the craft brew yeah. Mecca. Yeah. And, but now it's like, Oh, everybody's got craft brew. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not necessarily this localized thing that, you know, people in the Pacific Northwest were doing now. Right. Everybody is doing. right, and I would even say, you know, with the launch or not launch, but um, expanded uh, reach of um, craft breweries, there's a lot more people doing home brewing too. I mean, right. you buy a home brewing uh, kit or whatever it Stores is. Stores just sure. for home brewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we almost uh, had this podcast shifted around a little bit just for date because my. One of my buddies and his dad has their own brewery. Uh, shout out to my buddy Andrew. He couldn't get it out here in time. It's hard to get a home brew shipped three thousand miles. Oh. Um, but I was really excited to drink it. So we might have that for another another podcast just to to try it out uh, and compare and contrast. But um, but yeah, you, you mentioned the uh, the breweries, um, you know, and and they're just kind of popping up and and um, Portland being a mecca. And so I was actually curious just in terms of breweries and and most of this comes from a lot of craft breweries, um, though not specific to that. Um, So the number of breweries per 1000 residents um, of at least 21 years old, I was curious state by state, what does that look Mm -hmm. like? Um, So the uh, I'll go kind of uh, the top we had top six here, um, which was Vermont is number one at eleven point five um, uh, breweries per one thousand or one hundred thousand residents, followed by Maine, Montana, then Oregon as number four, uh, Colorado, Alaska, and then actually number seven is Washington. Um, I believe Pennsylvania for those listening in that state that's uh, uh, two point six or two point four. Um, per 100,000, so it's about a third of the size of um, what Washington has. A lot of people there, too, so that, that could be a factor. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, you, you compare Oregon and, and Washington, and, like, other than two or three major populous cities, mm-hmm. um, there's, you know, it's not densely populated. Sure. And, you know, you look at Oregon and some of the, the major breweries, down there aren't even located in you know their major city mm-hmm. of Portland um, with Deschutes and and uh, oh I'm blanking on what the other Full Sail I think is no Full Sail is California uh, blanking on the other one I'll have to come back to yeah. that but but it's interesting that you know those down in Oregon um, were able to become fairly you know wide scale names without being in kind of the major metropolitan area right um i'll touch on two more things and then we can jump into our our typical test here but uh so um you know the the we talk a lot about the craft breweries but you you talk domestic and um and imported a little bit uh so from our standpoint uh from a domestic standpoint so bud light actually um is number one in the country, mm-hmm. uh, and they do three hundred or sorry, thirty-eight 
33 million barrels a year, uh, or at least uh, last year, I believe they did. Uh, followed in second place, and I would say a close second, but it is not, uh, Coors Light with 16.5 million. So literally it's half of wow. what Bud Light does. That's surprising. Yeah. Um, and then you get into Budweiser, Miller Light, and Corona Extra um, is number five at, at 8.7 million. So it, it's Bud Light is, you know, it's 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 really you know there's a pretty strong I wouldn't say necessarily a debate but people um, there's a lot of people that just enjoy and and love Bud Light it's easy it goes down easy there's no you know you know what you're gonna get every single time um, and then there's a lot of people that like myself um, not that I'm a, a beer snob at all um, but I just really don't touch uh, any of the Budweiser or really even AB. Uh, brands occasionally I'll, I'll jump into a Corona from from time to time, but um, but yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then the last stat, um, unrelated, well, loosely tied to all of this, um, is just looking from a gender perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious to see. You know, there's a, a uh, I don't know if it's a stigma or whatever you want to call it, but uh, I think beer being a male dominated or male preferred drink and um, what. I found um, was that beer, uh, 45% of male um, or men prefer beer as a as an alcohol of choice um, compared to 18% for women. Um, and then as you probably would guess, um, mixed drink cocktail and wine are dominated by women uh, at 37% and 34% um, respectively. And then, uh, yeah, and then so that, that was... I was expecting to see a little bit different there, or maybe a little shock, but actually not at all. Um, mm-hmm. So beer is, is very male-dominated. You'll see that even in advertising, um, it's very male-dominated. Yeah. Um, and But I, I would say, and I don't have the numbers to, to back this right now, but I would say that that 18% for beer has grown significantly in the last 5 to 10 years for women. Because uh, I just think it, well, there's a ton of reasons why, but um, it's becoming less... Uh, tied to the, a specific se- uh, gender or sex, um, and more just yeah, everybody's hanging out. And- I think the taste is also some. I mean, it, sure. it's just when it was the large corporations and and really the loggers. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's ne- something that you know people necessarily. You have to acquire a taste for it. Whereas I think nowadays there's so many craft brews that it really opens up the possibilities of, okay, you know, I don't like a lager, but I like a stout because I like the coffee taste or whatever it might be. And, and so I think that's really kind of opened up the, the demographics for, you know, all areas really. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to go back and, and before uh, I let this correction go, the full sale brewing is actually in, Hood River, Oregon. So it is in okay. Oregon. Great. Uh, the Widmer Brothers. That was the that oh, was the yes. one I was thinking about. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. That that was my my uh, other thought. Th- those you know Deschutes and, and Widmer Brothers are are fairly large, well known throughout the I would think the country. Um, I th- you know I I feel like those are at least you can buy them in the grocery store in, in places outside of the Pacific Northwest. Sure. Well, I think it's a great time to uh, to jump into our friendship test here. Brian just uh, was gracious enough to pour our, our third beer here, which is the Elysian Space Dust IPA. Um, so uh, we can kind of, well, go ahead. We just become best friends. Yep. Let's see if we became best friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the, I, I don't know if this is a big date. We can probably breeze through some of these, but um, are you more of a, a bottle, a can, or a draft guy? I'm or, a draft guy. Or don't care. I'm okay. a draft guy. Yeah. Okay. So, so this this t- taste test that we have going is not necessarily my favorite because it's coming all from bottles and cans. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it's uh, tricking us almost. It's like pouring a, a can into a, a glass and then it makes it almost feel like it's draft. Yeah. It's checking your mind. Yeah. The the I don't think you can get anything better than a draft. Just straight no. from the keg and no. nice and cold and yeah. everything. Especially, uh, I don't know if you've ever had a nitro um, beer. Those those are just from a from a draft, and I think they are only from draft. Yeah, um, are a lot of times very smooth and uh, good. But so I I am a uh, draft as well. That's that's pretty easy. 
Um, so what do you what do you think of the uh, space dust here? Uh, so I actually haven't tried it yet. Oh, have you tried it before? Well, actually, space dust is in my top three, Brian. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and we'll get into that in a minute here. But um, I I am a um, a IPA person or IPA guy, if you mm-hmm. would. Uh, I don't necessarily love every IPA that I have, but I, I think, and certainly there's a variety in every single one of these types of beers. Um, but for whatever reason, IPAs to me feel like there are, there's so much variety and that's the type when I talk about going to the store and getting a new beer every time, uh, I, that's literally what I do. Um, you know, and when we talk about our, our favorite beers here, it's hard for me to kind of pick a favorite because I, well, I, my memory is terrible, and then I also, you know, try a new beer almost every time that I'll grab a six pack, um, or I'll get a variety even and try a couple different IPAs. So uh, I do love IPAs. Uh, I think Elysian Space Test is is a, a really good one. I don't know if I, it is in my top three, but I don't know if I like if I had a, a tasting of a hundred IPAs, it might not be my number three. But how would you describe an IPA, like in terms of the the taste of it or like what, what notes it hits you with like specifically this one well um i mean ipas typically are a little bit more bitter you can taste the hops um that's definitely it i think with in this particular ipa um and i'm probably terrible to describe this stuff um i just <laughs> this is why i'm probably i'm not the expert in this category and there are plenty of people that yeah let, that let's could, make sure we we specify that we are neither of us are are experts in this field at all so like if we have listeners who are homebrewers and you know know their beers yeah you will you might want to have skipped this episode well hopefully you're not insulted yeah that that's all i mean i think there'll be things that they'll learn from this episode but that was one thing you know we talk about a lot of topics on on this podcast and um you know a lot of them are coming at like Nobody knows about milk or yeah. studies milk or yeah, any yeah. of that stuff. But beer, that's a fun thing to know about right. and, and brew your own stuff or even just be a, a beer snob or beer you know, connoisseur or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, We could even do an episode on wine and insult a bunch of people that love wine. Yeah. Um, it's just as uh, prevalent with both beer and wine or any of these alcohols. So I think the thing – I mean I will say that I, I, I do like IPAs, um, but – I, I I don't love IPAs, uh, and I think it's because don't watch out. Almost almost knocked my mic off. Yeah, um, I think it's because the dry finish to it a lot of the times. Sure. The the very um, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting finish to all, almost all IPAs that that I'm not necessarily a fan of. I, I like a little bit more of a, of a flavor note there at sure. the end. Well, I will say that um, because I've had a ton of, of IPAs is that, you know, just like any of these other beers, again, there's so much of a variety. And you can have IPAs that have, you know, whether it's maybe it's a little bit more flavor or a little less hop or a little yeah. uh, maybe it's fruit or whatever it is. Um, but I, I think there's just so many IPAs out there. Like everybody wants to create an IPA, right? Everybody. Yeah, and that's true. And so when I do, you know, my Russian roulette with IPAs, I typically will find um, that uh, I probably like—I I would say I probably like eighty percent of them. I actually just had an IPA uh, recently um, that was from a Portland brew, um, and it was just—it was a little—it was just very heavy for me so i um i couldn't even really finish a beer um after or, or a full beer because it was just you know high in alcohol content yeah. very hoppy yeah um, so i get what you're saying there so so now uh we've we've made it to our fourth and fifth um different type and and for here we're going with Nkasi. Um, which is the goddess of brewing. Yeah, the goddess of brewing, which, uh, so it's a, uh, Eugene company and I really like Nkasi. They're probably, they're probably one of my favorite craft brewery companies, Mm -hmm. um, out there. Um, and, and I don't know if total domination would be in one of my 
top three, but it would be very close, I think, if 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 I was really forced to think about it. But so we have a their total domination IPA, and then we have their Triceratops uh, double IPA, which is I was like you said that wrong. It's Triceratops, but I, I see the the wordplay there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's a double IPA. Um, it's kind of interesting as you look at them. I feel like um, I hope I'm doing these in order. I feel like the total domination actually looks a little bit darker. It's a little cloudy, more cloudy, which is an interesting thing that I learned in London. Is that um, you know London ales, mm-hmm. you actually want them to be clear. Um, oh, and and so when you look at you know our American beers, they all think something's wrong with them because because they are, have that cloudiness to them um what do you what do you think of the the two not bad uh not all that different to me uh in flavor between the um domination ipa and, and then the double ipa um i think i lean i've had double ipas before and again they they tend to be a little bit stronger and um and a little bit more hoppy than i particularly yeah. like but um, but I've had some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I like the total domination um, better than the, the space dust because it, it doesn't finish with that dry note. Sure. That, that the space dust does. Um, it's, it's got a little bit of more of a, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say fruity necessarily, but yeah. So, you know, we're going kind of along the spectrum here a little bit from, from light to dark. Where yeah. do you find yourself? Do you have a favorite type of beer? And then also, does it typically lean towards a, a coloration, if you would? Yeah. So, so let's just we'll just kind of run down the the kind of color scale um, type um, list real quick. So we got the pale lagers, the blonde uh, blonde ales, pale ales, and Indian pale ales, amber ales, red ales, brown ales, porters, and stouts. Mm. I find myself mostly in that amber to red ale area. Okay. Um, I, I like the the smoothness of of most of those reds and the ambers. Yeah. Um, I, I do like a good IPA, but uh, I don't think I necessarily can can handle as much bitterness as sometimes you have in an IPA, and sure. and sometimes it's a little bit of a hit or miss that that you have there. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I like I said before, I'm more in the IPA range. Um, I used to think, and there's some truth to this. Um, but I used to think that the darker the beer, the heavier it is, um, or, or higher in alcohol content. That's not true yeah, at no, all. No. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, you can definitely have some heavy, uh, stouts as Brian, uh, purchased for us today. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that you can also find some lighter stouts too. Um, I am okay. Occasionally I'll drink the lighter beers. No, no problem with that. Just to me, not a, as much flavor sometimes. Um, live in the IPA world, and then uh, the last couple that we'll get to, I'm, I'm don't typically drink. Yeah, yeah. I uh, oh, so you're you're not a red at all. Uh, I sometimes, yeah. but I, I usually red is one of those that I will get one out of ten times. Try it and be like, eh. Stouts I never get. Yeah, I just don't. I'm not a stout. Person. As we're on this topic, can we go back in the day real quick? Sure. Uh, back in the day, back, back to the future. Yeah. Um, so I want to know what your first beer was that, that you like, oh yeah, I, I can drink this beer. Cause, cause I think everybody goes to that period of like, oh beer, man, that doesn't taste very good. Yeah. And you have to find a beer that you like and you kind of have your go-to that kind of opens your mind to beers in general right yeah so um when i first uh actually made a pact with my my best friend uh from elementary school um and uh we decided not to drink until 21 so when i first started drinking a lot of people were already drinking Mm -hmm. um not that i condone that if there are younger listeners here but um but I, I did not, and I waited until I turned 21. So when I started drinking, I didn't – and this is partially why I'm a little biased towards not drinking, you know, a lot of the domestics, is that I kind of skipped over that. I went right towards 
um, you know, I did do some domestics, but, uh, but I kind of went towards trying to find my way into the IPAs eventually. But I will say, and this is in, in uh, one of my top three, um, back on the East Coast, my favorite uh, beer is Yingling. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of people might have heard of them, especially if you're a beer person or if you're listening to this podcast and you're from the East Coast. Yingling is uh, um, brewed out of Pottstown. It's actually the oldest brewery in the United States. Oh, interesting. Um, which is pretty cool. But um, they have a, a lager that um, I I really just I started, I got enamored with, and I drank uh, probably for, I don't know, until I left uh, the Philadelphia area um, for four or five years. And then now, uh, the first couple years, Coming out here, I, I you can't find I, you still can't find it. it yeah. It's not available yeah. on the West Coast. No. Yeah. What about you? Uh, mine's a drop top amber ale by uh, Widmer. Okay. Which I was just having to do some research real quick because I always thought it was shock top. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was actually drop top. Interesting. Yeah. Shock top is one of those intro beers too. Yeah. Um, you know, you have there there's uh fruity flavors and, and tints to it, um, which help ease the bitterness of beer. Yeah. And I I you know, I'm gonna insult a lot of people with this comment <laughs> I'm about to say right here. I th- I mean I, not only do I think beer is an acquired taste, I think, you know, if you put uh I don't know a glass of wine or soda or an alcoholic drink um, that isn't beer. I feel like I'm going to choose, probably choose that over beer a lot of the times, but, but I, but a lot of those are just like, Oh, I'm drinking, drinking. It's not, shouldn't be the case, but with beer, it's like, Oh, I can go out to dinner and grab a beer or I can be very social and drink a beer with a friend or a couple beers with a friend um, and, and not have an issue. So, um, but I think beer is not only an acquired taste, but I think, at, at times, it, people just drink it because it's social and not because it necessarily is an amazing flavor. Mm-hmm. And, I know, and I know I'm probably insulting a lot of people that are like, no, like, this is amazing. Like, And I and I, I have found beers that I really like. But, you know, if you ask, I mean, Yingling was one of my favorite beers. And even then, it was like, oh, I almost sometimes prefer another drink. Yeah, same, same here. I, I would prefer another drink. Uh, I kind of gave myself a little heart attack there thinking that shock top was my my first yeah. beer because i was like oh, i mean man, you wouldn't be the anheuser bush that was my first yeah. one like it that's w- the one that i went to and then i was like no that doesn't look the, the logo doesn't look right yeah so it was drop top um i mean it was an amber ale so it was fairly introductory as well mm-hmm. but like man i that thing out of draft I, I i loved that when i turned 21 so yeah well, uh, what and maybe this is kind of included, but um, I want to know what your favorite beer in right now is that the a local beer if you have a go to, and then what are your top three, just in general, top three beers that you on your list? Yeah, so in terms of like a Seattle local, that that um, it's okay if you don't have one, but I don't know if I have one. I've I've started to get on this uh, Silver City Brewing. Um, it's out of, of Bremerton Kitsap area mm-hmm. and, um, I like them a lot. I mean, there are just so many that it's, it's hard to like narrow one yeah. down. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, I really like Nkasi's stuff mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that total domination that we just had, I, I think that's, that is a really good beer and I, I really enjoy that beer. Um, so I don't know if I could necessarily say I have. I mean, you've got Georgetown, um, yeah. you know, and uh, Georgetown Brewery for those aren't who are. Yeah, aren't Georgetown right. Brewery. Um, you know, Manny's, Mac and Jacks. Those are both really good beers. Um, I don't know if I could say. I really enjoy like Manny's and Mac and Jack's for me. I, and again, we may be insulting people. They taste so similar that I couldn't tell you which one is which one. You were insulting me. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've hurt me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. I, when I first came here, uh, to Seattle area, a lot of people told me, 
um, you know, you have to give Manny's and Mac and Jack's, um, you know, a try. And um, coming from drinking Yingling, um, which uh, fun anecdote, um, when you are at a bar in uh, the Philadelphia area, at least, um, you don't have to order most bars. This is probably 80 to 90% of bars. And this is one of the reasons why I love it is you can go to a bar and say, um, give me, give me a lager or, or I'd like a lager and they'll give you a yingling. They won't mm-hmm. ask you what type or yeah. you want a Sam yeah, Adams. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's just, you know what you're saying by saying I want a lager. Um, and I really love that about it. Uh, but coming out here, I did grow into Manny's and now, um, you know, we we talk, we've talked about this before where we will go to trivia um, on Tuesdays and I, I show up to trivia and the waitress knows me knows us um, I don't know if we've talked about that part before but well, we we've have talked about trivia we've talked about trivia but when we go to trivia I sit down and uh, within 30 seconds I have a cold um, Manny's in front of me mine's and, blue moon by the way okay yeah so I, I just I I really enjoy Manny's. I like um, I like a lot of the flavors of it, um, but um, yeah. So Manny's is actually my my probably in my number one right now, and then I would give some love to Yingling as my number two, and then I put Space Dust as my number three. But like I said, there's so many different IPAs, and if I legitimately had a t- taste testing of IPAs, I probably would find one that might be better. But I've I enjoy Space Dust, and it's. Um, you know, it's it's had it's a little bit heavier uh, or stronger, so I've also had some fun times with it. <laughs> yeah, I would say in terms of my top three, um, uh, total domination probably is in there. Um, also, probably one of the Kona Brewings. Um, I think that it's called the Fire Rock. Okay, it's like a it's a red um, is is up there that. From their from a draft, Kona Brewing from draft is is just so good, um, and it, it it was interesting to go through their their whole process and everything um, at their brewery there in in um, uh, Kona, and <clears throat> it was just I I learned so much about that their brewing process, well brewing process in general, but. Um, they have have teamed up with, um, I believe it's Widmer Brothers, um, in the United States, and so that's actually how you're getting some of your beers back here. And anytime you're actually getting it from a glass bottle, you're actually getting it from the United States, um, and it's not actually coming from Hawaii because it would be completely um, uh, inefficient to send it send bottles to Hawaii and then you know back to the mainland. Um, so those are probably two, two of my, um, more favorite. And then, you know, drop top, obviously, um, from Woodward Brothers as well, uh, has to be up there just cause it, it's kind of that nostalgic. Yeah. Um, but you know, any, any of those, I, I'm kind of weird like that. And I, I like, um, anytime they put a fruit in my, my drink, in my beer, yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah. So I mean, a I, lot don't, of those. I don't mind it at all. I think, um, you know, I, one of the first beers, you know, tied with Yingling that I liked was a shock top and to have that, you know, orange paired with it, or, um, it just like added that, that nice flavor to it. So, um, we, we are, you know, talking a lot about this great topic, but, uh, we are a couple beers in now, um, <laughs> Or at least a couple well, tastings. Yeah, in. tastings. I, yeah, I wouldn't we're say not, we're in. We don't have enough time to. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> drank five total beers each. Um, but no, we. It's about that time where we we start thinking delusionally. You really are crazy. Yeah, we are crazy. Yeah. So so we did a different spin on this 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 time, and this isn't necessarily a debate as we typically have. So we don't necessarily need to agree on these things. Um, but I thought it would be interesting, um, an interesting practice to, to think about, you know, having a beer. Brian and I are, are sharing a beer, right? Are sharing beers right now. Um, you know, in in all of history, you know, we 
who are the people that you would want to actually share a beer with if you had the opportunity to? Um, so what is one person, uh, a current, current yeah. living, yep. someone who rec- or not recently, but someone who has passed away. Um, so not around anymore. And then a fictional character that you would want to share a beer with. Yeah. So as I poured that Imperial stout, I, I was thinking, I don't know if I want to have a beer, an Imperial stout with anyone mm. because I am not a stout person, let alone something labeled imperial stout yeah for for those who of you who do not know imperial stout basically means more hops and more um malt equaling a higher alcohol content which i didn't realize when i bought the imperial stout i was just looking for a stout to buy and then it happened to be an imperial stout so um the face that justin just made when he oh that was the red yeah i went with the red well, I just it's it's very different. I mean, there's a shift from at least the these IPAs. IPAs to the amber. It's not that mm. it is bad. It's just um, it was different. I would say, um, but yeah, who who are uh, who are the three people and and give a quick reason why you would choose those people. So my alive person, um, I'm I'm a big golfer, so I would have to say Jack Nicholas. Oh, okay. Like Golden Bear. Um, just to kind of pick his brain. And, yeah. And, you know, he's one of the greats of all time in, in the golf realm. Uh, and, you know, I think that would be interesting with some of these athletes. I Some of the, some of the times they don't drink alcohol at all. So yeah. I'd be interested to know that if he even, yeah. you know, has beers. But um, my person who is dead would have to be John F. Kennedy. Interesting. I thought about him. Yeah, but yeah. Why, I, why do you choose him? I, I struggled with just picking one yeah. person who is who is not alive. Yeah. Um, and I think so. Well, my middle name is Kennedy. Oh, so learned something new today. Not directly related, but obviously there was some tie. Yeah, somewhere down the line, um, because my mom's maiden name is Kennedy, so that hmm. that's where that came from. Um, and I think it, you know, just his life in general and and his outlook on life um, would be interesting to kind of hear from his own perspective. Obviously, yeah. I think the when it comes to things that happen that I have not experienced, uh, it's always interesting to me because you're being in the media side of things. You learn how biased people are sure. and how as I tell you something, well, you're going to interpret something that I tell you, even if I tell you exactly how it happened, Mm -hmm. you may take bits and pieces of that and then put your own, not necessarily spin on what happened, but interpretation of what I told you. And then it's, you know, kind of that game of telephone, right? Right. And so being able to, you know, meet him directly and know exactly, you know, what his thoughts and, and way of living was would be interesting yeah no i i think that he actually came up in one of my uh people to potentially talk to um but that's that's interesting that you chose him my last one would have to be homer simpson oh good good pick yeah i i I don't know exactly if it's because i necessarily want to have a beer with him yeah i would be interested to try duff beer first of all oh yeah um, good. And I think Homer would just be an interesting one because uh, you you one hopefully would get to try Duff beer. Right. Um, I'd be interested. In, I don't even know what type of beer Duff beer is. Is it a lager? I would assume it's a lager. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I I guess I maybe we're insulting Simpsons fans too because it's probably been in an episode. Oh, I'm that, sure it has. But. Uh, um, I, I think it would just be interesting because you're a cartoon character, right? And, yeah. And I I kind of wanted to take a... So do you go into cartoon world or do you, does he come in? I would hopefully life? go into cartoon world. Yeah, 2D. I don't want to see a real... I've, I've seen some have, of those... I've seen that real. episode of where he was a real... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's a three-dimensional Homer Simpson. That was not good. Yeah. Um, but he's just such an interesting person. Yeah. Just a weird dude. Yeah. And I... I, I it would just be an interesting beer to have. Yeah. No, I, at Moe's. Yeah. Of course. It's got to be at Moe's. Oh, oh, of course. So then you probably get the whole experience. And, yeah. That'd be fun. And experience Moe. And... He would drink you under the table, though. Oh, for like, sure. <laughs> for sure. Who Who are your three? Uh, so my first one uh, living is uh, actually Chris Pratt, 
who is a uh, Seattle local. Um, he, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him um, a few years ago, and I, I genuinely think that, or I, I believe that he is a genuine guy, um, and uh, but also kind of a goofy guy. And I feel like just kind of sitting down and um, having a drink with him would just feel like us right now, just talking and drinking and like would not be pretentious or whatever. Do you think he'd come on the podcast? Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I'll uh, I'll shoot him a text. <laughs> no, I don't have his number. Uh, but it, he was a, a very pleasant guy. Uh, so um, I would say him. Um, I also really love his acting. I think he's great. And then uh, I would also, for my uh, deceased, I really struggle with that one too. I, I kind of played around with... Um, and I think I'm just going to go with my gut here. I, I played around with uh, actually Al Capone. I thought would be interesting to to talk with um, with a beer, considering that he was so um, prevalent in uh, the Prohibition time. And just like during his heyday, I would like to actually be talking to him. Would be cool. Um, but uh, I'm actually going to go with Chris Farley. So I'm going with another mm, comedian. That's a good. And one. I feel like that he is someone good. that just owns a room. And while I don't, I think. Chris Farley will be over the top, and, and there's a lot of documentaries, and I encourage people to, to watch it. He's just a fascinating person and a shame that he passed, but really interesting guy and, and just hilarious. Just controlled a room um, like no other, and I think he would be a lot of fun. I think in a group – I could have one-on-one beer with Chris Pratt, but I think in a group atmosphere, drinking with Chris Farley would be spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I would go with him, and then uh, my um, – my fictional character would be uh, Michael Scott from The Office. Mm. So uh, I don't. Again, again, doesn't watch great TV, Brian. I I um, I watched an episode on Tuesday. Yeah, I laughed a couple times. We need but, to work on this. Yeah. We need to work on this because I think you would really enjoy it. But essentially, uh, Michael Scott. He he may not even be my favorite character on the show, but I think. He's someone that I could sit down and have a beer with, and I'd love to be a part of that world because uh, uh, one is from Pennsylvania, and it's uh, it seems like a lot of fun uh, in the paper business. But at the same time, uh, I feel like he's somebody that is misguided often, and I think he would have funny stories to tell that you'd just be like, what? Like, why did you do that? Um, but then you could also give advice to him to maybe guide him in the right path. Um, so I just think it would be a lot of fun. I, I thought about Tyrion from um, from Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, but um, I, I ended up landing with uh, with Michael Scott. Well, we have a few half finished beers that <laughs> yeah. we need to get. Did to. you finish that stout? Did you like the I, stout? Oh yeah, I forgot to comment about the stout. So I, I like the red. Obviously, yeah. it's one of my one of my more favorite beers that I've um, had. Stouts, I just can't get. Can't do it either. Are you a coffee person? No, I hate coffee. Yeah. I think you need to like coffee. Yeah, I think to you like need stouts. to like. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, uh, I, this was a fun and interesting episode. Yeah. Hopefully, you know. Again, we are not experts at beer. Hopefully, no. we didn't offend anybody. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, yeah. If you have any comments or our questions, as always. Um, uh, please reach out, whether that's in person or uh, via Facebook at Quest for 100 Podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed this week's listen. Yeah, and uh, until next time on the Quest for 100. <laughs>